This is The Culture. Hello and welcome back to Jersey's Finest. It's one of our newest podcasts where we like to interview artists based in the tri-state area. Be sure to follow us at underscore Culture Wave Media and this direct podcast feed on Instagram, which is at Jersey's Finest Pod. Also, be sure to like, share, and subscribe to the channel. For today's interview, I will be one of your co-hosts, Darian Scalamoni, and I'm joined by my co-host, Liz Seiko. Hello. <laughs> and our guest today is an author, poet, and artist in her own right. She published her first poetry book, We Meet at Moonlight, back in 2020, which is terrific. We are so happy to welcome Victoria Pizzi Russo to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Victoria, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. That was a beautiful introduction. Oh, thank you so much. I did my best. <laughs> um, so I met you uh, all of 30 minutes ago, which I'm so I'm I'm really interested to have this conversation with you because it's cool that I got to meet you through your art which i think is a really cool concept in and of itself mm -hmm. but i want to start back from the beginning on your website it says that you connected to poetry in particular as a young adult but around what age do you think this like love for poetry came into it it came to me pretty much early in high school um before i was a writer i was a singer so i've always kind of been just very artistic um dived very deep into dancing and singing and uh you know I used to draw a lot but my first love was uh with music and still is to this day um so I was a singer for a while I took a lot of lessons I was in all-state concert choirs in New York and, co and choirs in school um but I could never shake uh you know the fear you know the stage fright Mm -hmm. um so in with you know that love of music and not being able really to perform I started to kind of write songs um with friends and with some teachers and stuff and the feedback that I always got was oh this is really poetic you know I I connect to this you know you should start writing poetry or reading poetry um so I picked up a lot of books uh probably one way too many and dove mm -hmm. very deeply into that <laughs> Um, and then from there, it turned into just a new love of uh, poetry and then wrote my first book. So from early high school all the way up until now. Yeah. Wow, I love that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just for anybody that doesn't know, I do know Vic outside <laughs> of this. Um, we were really good friends. We've been good friends for like maybe two years now or something. And she is amazing. And now I'm super excited because I don't know anything like about really um your poetry and like how you came to it um so i'm really excited to get into these questions thank with you, you thank you um can you do you know off the top of your head any of the books that you kind of picked up early on that really were like helping you kind of read like the classic poetry books like do any stand out to you right now um so it's okay if you don't know them because i don't know any books that i read when i was younger really <laughs> that's like lord of the flies um younger like I, the little engine that could yeah, yeah. like the one right. i remember the most younger i can't really say but up until now uh favorite uh poets authors writers are uh wilder okay uh atticus uh lauren eden um rh sin and uh those pretty much are my top oh Bridget DeVoe is also a fantastic writer um but titles I couldn't say from back then mm. but uh probably one of my uh favorite books is The Lioness Awakens by mm -hmm. Lauren Eden um but what kind of like propelled me into this was it's gonna sound really funny but going back to music um Beyonce's Lemonade album yes. <laughs> <laughs> So everything, right? <laughs> I'm not really a part of the beehive. She's beautiful, amazing, very talented, but it isn't music that I listen to on a daily basis. But when I heard that album, um, Warsaw Shire was the person who, uh, you know, wrote the poetry yeah. for that album. Mm -hmm. And it is just absolutely amazing and captivating. If you haven't listened to it or seen the visual album either, it's breathtaking i'll cry right now it's oh beautiful Please um <laughs> but seeing that and hearing that i connected to it very deeply uh i related to it a lot and i was like you know this back in 2016 when it came out i said i'm gonna do this i'm gonna write this nice. book i'm gonna you know dive into this I, I really think that i can you know connect to people that same way and and you know kind of share so 
that's really what like propelled me into it for I sure. Yeah. yeah, I love that too. You know how like you were talking about how you have a background in like you were a singer before you were a poet and things yeah. like that. Would you say that music is something that like really inspires you more so to write? Like it enhances the vision and what you're trying to put onto the page? Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm all about the story. I'm all about the lyrics. Uh, I listen mostly to R&B and to rap. Um, okay. But music is 100% like a huge... Um, factor and player um i'll normally when i'm writing it's because i'm i've been inspired uh by a song or just you know a verse in a song that mm -hmm. kind of i have a different perspective of it or a different way that i kind of like you know see it or i want to add to it and that's usually what ends up happening is it comes from a song or it comes from a book something that i'm reading that's awesome yeah i love that yeah i love that too so do you usually list like when you are writing do you have music playing kind of in the background or are you more like silent just writing out your thoughts it actually happens majority of the time when i'm driving so i'll wow, be listening yeah so i'll be listening to um a favorite rapper of mine right now is uh marlon craft a lot of people mm -hmm. don't know about oh my <laughs> Mm. Michael knows. Um, so <laughs> he, Michael. <laughs> he is uh, just somebody that I admire a lot, the storytelling and just how real that person is. So majority of the time I'll be driving home and he'll say something and I'll just add to it like Ooh. right in that second. Um, and I'll usually, this is not a good thing, but I'll pull out my phone and I'll just kind of <laughs> take oh a God. note <laughs> at like a stoplight. I'm like, oh, I got to get that down real fast mm -hmm. right now because I'll forget. But yeah, it's usually when I'm listening to something. Not that I really sit down and wait for it to come to me mm -hmm. and go through that process. Like I'm going to write right now. Let me listen to a song. It's normally just because I'm already listening yeah. and something, you know, inspires or like a tick goes off. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting to me because I feel I, I love I want to go back to how you were talking about you're a storyteller because I feel like all of us can relate to that yeah. in some way, especially here at Culture Wave. But like for me, in my own personal experience, too, throughout the years, music plays a big effect. Like I love making music videos, even for songs that like exist, because I'll hear a song and I'll be able to completely visualize how I want to tell that story through the lyrics visually. So in terms of how you're able to do that with poetry, is it? something where it's the lyrics that are affecting you is it the actual music like rhythmically if that's the right way of saying that but like <laughs> it is. is it a mixture of the two is it one versus the other and like in terms of a lot of the things that you talk about especially in your first book is based in like love so how does that how did that kind of jumping off point happen in terms of music it really is the lyrics to be honest uh the beat the tempo the rhythm of it doesn't have too much doesn't play too big of a part it really is what I'm listening to in that story. And then just kind of taking that connection of, you know, roses are red and then violets are blue. You know what I mean? So just kind of adding another piece to that or a different, like, you know, perspective and addition. But, um, yeah, that's 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 what I would say. It's it's really just about the lyrics for mm -hmm. me dominantly, like when it comes to music. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, in terms of when you said you, you kind of started this when you were in high school and your teachers kind of pushed you to – that pushed you, but we're like, oh, you're very poetic. You should try this. <laughs> yeah. um, was it something that, again, like transitioned when you went to college? Where did you go to school and what did you study? Uh, so it did transition in college just because, you know, as you grow up and you go through things, um, you know, you experience more, you're an adult mm -hmm. and, you know, you're you're past the point of kind of figuring out like, you know, how to go through like love and friendships and things like that. It kind of did take off uh, in that time um, because I think I was just at a different place. And because I had gone through so much, I was able to put it down onto paper. Mm. Um, but when I went to school, I studied uh, three different majors, um, interior design, environmental uh, science, and then also business management. So in no part of that was there <laughs> any yes. literature in that journey at all. Um, but, you know, I just kind of kept with the hobby and did it on my spare time and just kind of everything that I went through, I put into that work or friends that I've had mm -hmm. that, have, that have gone through things or, you know, my family, you know, I just kind of outside looking in, just put that perspective down on paper, you know, so it was, it was a lot of mostly the personal life instead of, you know, the the school, you know, yeah. studying and mm -hmm. teachings, which I think helps because honestly, like I went to school for acting and I feel like sometimes when you go and study an actual art form, it doesn't become so much about like the passion and like the inspiration behind the art. It becomes 
textbook and teaches you like, this is how the big names have done it. You should study this. You should learn this so that you can one day go do this rather than what do you have that you can bring to the world that's different. And then after being forced kind of to just be put in a box a little bit, you kind of get jaded in a way to be able to actually um, like show your natural instincts for art. So I, people that I've talked to, the people that still love what they do, like artistic wise, are the people that went and did something completely different in school and were able to go live their life and like were like, yeah, I'm learning this in school. But then on the side, like I love like my poetry. I love singing. I love acting. While the people like me that were in the class, I was like, man, like I hate this right now. And like, I don't want to be doing this, which is like horrible because for your art, like you want to love it and nurture it at all times. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that you did three different majors too. Yeah. yeah, Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I'll definitely add to that, that with poetry the beautiful thing about it and its evolution over the years is that you really can do whatever you'd like Mm -hmm. and you can express yourself in any way and there's so many different forms and types of poetry um so you know whatever resonates with you and whatever you want to put down is you know what people will read it can be just a simple sentence a very simple idea it could be narrative i'm telling you something mm-hmm. um or it can be absolutely like very metaphorical and you have no idea what that person is trying to say like mm-hmm. at all <laughs> so yeah that's that's kind of why when i was getting into it I was a little stuck on, I need to do this right. And I need to do it how Mm, everybody else does it because then it, you know, people won't understand it or, you know, people won't like it. Um, And that pressure was just pretty debilitating. Was it? So the more that I researched and I read and read and read, I found that people just really have found their own way. Um, And it's very unique and it's very creative. So I suggest it if, uh, if anybody wants to get into it, I really do. I feel like authenticity is a big part of it, right? Like when you're able to put yourself into something, that's when people kind of respond to it the most and they get the most out of it. Yeah. So in terms of like, again, like you were saying, just being able to talk about personal experiences and then you went on this little journey where you're like, oh, I want to make sure I do it right. But then in your research, you're like, oh, it's just like people will accept it for what it is, right? 100%. And you'd be surprised how many people really relate to what you're saying and you think it sounds confusing and you think oh people aren't going to understand where I'm coming from Mm. and they really do like it's incredible the feedback that I've gotten and the messages that I've gotten from people that I just don't know uh saying oh wow like you put words to something that I've been feeling for so long and I had no idea how to express it and it's not always you know a negative thing sometimes it's like I've been feeling that this overwhelming joy and I never Mm -hmm. knew like how to really you know say it so yeah it's it's really incredible yeah, yeah. i can't wait to talk about some of the things you <laughs> <laughs> i love it okay should we dive more into like the first book and kind of like more about that writing process versus um like the second one that's going to be coming out so i want to yeah. know with the first book um do you kind of did or did you let the piece kind of did you write different prose throughout time and then kind of see what the theme was that kept popping up or did you go into the book with the clear theme and then start being like okay i need to write something about this okay so when i let's get into it when i did my first book i uh published it during covid not that i started it during covid it was actually years worth of a collection of uh poems and they all circulated around the same theme. Um, but when I published it, I was very excited and a little bit too impulsive. <laughs> okay. Um, so what I ended up doing was kind of publishing a collection of poems mm. rather than an actual storyline. Okay. So when you read the book, I don't know if this is, you know, your take on it when you read it, you know, fresh eyes going into it. Now I've had three years of kind of really staring at it like, what did I do? (laughs) Um, So, you know, I kind of felt that it didn't really have like a good pace or storyline. And uh, my second book, technically, just to clear that up so you guys know, is the revised and extended version of this book. Okay. I do have another book. So I guess my like second actual book, um, but we'll talk about that later. But 
what I have been working on is developing this story the way that it should have been mm. done in the first place. Mm. Um, and I wanted to create more of a narrative. Okay. So more of a storyline uh, to tie each page together. And I kind of felt like it deserved a second life because I did rush through it. Mm. Um, all of the poems that were in the first release are in the second. Okay. Um, but I was able to kind of tie them together, add to them. Keep Some of them I kept as they were. Um, and I added another chapter to it, too, at the end. That's mm -hmm. an actual conversation. It's like a phone call. Oh, my God. Um, That's really cool. Yeah. So uh, it it wasn't – I sat and kind of, you know, developed the story. Mm -hmm. It was really I've got – I've got a lot of stuff here. <laughs> How can I just, you know, swindle it and, and put it together? And I just kind of made that happen because I was just way too excited. But it should I should have given it the time that it, that it deserved to but create so, that narrative. But do you feel sometimes like if you keep waiting and waiting and waiting, then sometimes you're never actually going to go and put it out for everyone to see? Because you could – I just feel like I could yeah. edit things that I have created forever and ever and ever – and nobody will ever see it because I'll be like, oh, if only I had said that one yeah. word slightly different or I should do a reshoot or I should rewrite. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes you just have to be like, fuck it. Here's my work. <laughs> if it's not perfect, it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that is actually what's happening to me right now. I've technically been done with this revised version of this story, but a part of me is nervous that I'm going to make the same mistake again mm -hmm. and get into it again, like impulsively. But I'm sure that I'm done. I'm just working on the cover, making sure that it's as it should be because I'm done now. I'm at the cover. So I want to <laughs> I want to just blaze right through that. But I'm like, nope. I, and I'm doing all of the illustrations myself. That's awesome. Like you did um, in this version of the book, right? Yeah. So yeah. the chapter pages, I, I literally drew them on my iPhone with my finger. Um, <laughs> this time I, you know, I got a application on my iPad and I got the Apple pencil and I'm a little bit more legit now, but, um, but yeah, so it, it took some time to get the illustrations done and the cover done. I just, I couldn't let anybody else, you know, do it for me. It was very important that I, you know, did it myself this time around. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That was like a director's cut mm -hmm. of like a movie. That's like what this is going to be for you. It's like, yeah the enhanced version you take your time you give it fully how you want to uh have people basically indulge in it but um yeah. i know you talked about how with this version the, your re-release of the book in the ex um expanded version that you it's more of like a story and things like that but in this version you do break it up into three different segments mm -hmm. which is endearment infatuation and disdain so i'm curious on how you did settle on that despite the impulsiveness you had to have had some sort of thought in, into breaking it up into those three which based on my experience reading it, I do think it fits, but I just want to hear kind of your outlook on why you chose to do that. Yeah. So for me, um, well, to start that off, the book is titled We Meet at Moonlight, right? And literally it was just a fancy way to say that most of our relationships literally begin in the nighttime, whether it's a date, going to the movies, going out to dance or going out for drinks. So majority of the time when you're getting to know somebody and developing a relationship, it usually begins at night, you know, you, mm. in those encounters and meetings. So that's how the book kind of started out was that, you know, as I'm going through life and these encounters and these relationships, you know, this is really when it begins. And most relationships begin with that endearment, you know, that softness and that getting to know everything's beautiful in the beginning. And then... Um, that infatuation, that obsession, you know, I really love this person, you know, that's the person for me, this is the one. And then eventually as you, you know, really get to know that person and you go through things together that, you know, that disdain and that heartbreak that, you know, sometimes inevitably comes, sometimes it doesn't come at all, but um, that's, that, uh, that theme carried through and is mm -hmm. still in. And then the last chapter of the book is called Midnight. For the new version. Uh, yeah, for yeah, the yeah. new okay. version is called Midnight because, you know, again, this is based on we're meeting in the nighttime mm -hmm. and, and all that stuff. So I kind of just wanted to uh, fit the theme and, and go with that. But, yeah, it does carry through in the in the next version. Nice. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, in terms of, like you said, you, um, you made the cover too, correct? So what made you come up with the decision for the cover? Here, I'll show the camera again. We can show in the beginning. But here's the cover. 
but what made you come up with the uh, the cover idea for the first version of the book? It was just kind of a vision um, that I had, and actually my husband, thank you, um, helped me uh, create that because I wasn't as like tech savvy at the time, so I was like, I really need help trying to figure out these, you know, shapes and placements, and you know, getting the words in between and all that. But uh, he helped me a lot, so thank you. Um, but it was it was really just that vision that that moonlight. I wanted to incorporate, you know, visually into the story. So that's why I decided on the moons and full moon for the cover. Nice. Yeah. And for the new version, too, it also uh, carries into I have uh, it's two crescent moons with two hands, okay. you know, kind of uh, holding them up. I so, love that. yeah. Sorry. Sneak peek. <laughs> do you go through um, like do you come up with a few different designs and then kind of go between them? Or do you have like a clear idea for the cover? And then you were like, I'm going to draw this. Uh, usually what ends up happening is I, I think about it and I think about it and I think about it and I come up with an image in my head mm. and then I Google it. Like I'll say like, oh, um, keywords, <laughs> left hand out or mm. reaching for something or, you know, uh, shovel in dirt, you know, and I'll literally look up. <laughs> I love that. I shovel swear in dirt. that is one of them. That's um, so funny. <laughs> I, I just look them up and I'm just like, all right, like I like how that looks. Let me try to figure out if I can kind of change that a little bit. And then that's mm -hmm. it. usually how it ends up happening. That's my creative process. That's it. Here's <laughs> tips for everyone. Yeah. Go make, go make your own. You got this. Everyone Google shovel uh, in dirt. Shovel, shovel in dirt. You listen to this. A lot of different ones too, by the way. Um, since we talked about your husband, shout out to Darwin. Shout out Ooh. Darwin. Um, do you like to get advice or like input from your friends and family? Um, yeah, I do. I absolutely do. I have a lot of writer friends, um, friends that are not writers or readers really. And I, I do have friends that are readers as well. Um, I definitely have asked for opinions. Um, my husband, just because he's with me, you mm -hmm. know, majority of the time, he's really the only one that kind of you know, reads into them and I'll read it for him and read through it. And I actually like reading to him uh, the most because he's not a reader. Um, mm -hmm. He's a big researcher, articles, you know, videos, things like that. Very intelligent person. Uh, but he's not the type of person to pick up a book. Okay. So I love reading to him because he's just a great uh, jumping off point of, is this understandable? Mm -hmm. Like, could you read this and get what I'm saying from like your perspective, somebody that doesn't read poetry at all, you yeah. know? So it's, it's great working with him because I'm able to really get like that honest, like feedback, yeah, you know, not somebody that's like read a ton of like poetry literature. Yeah. And it's like, They're like oh, I, love I love this. I love this. Yeah. This which is thing. great, which is great, but it's also really great to just get like that fresh perspective. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of your overall process, do you go into writing with like a topic in mind or like do you have, because I know you said sometimes you'll just be at a stoplight and you'll pull out your phone and you'll type something. So do you have like 6,500 different notepads for all different sorts of topics or like, again, I know this was a particular thing that you went into in terms of the book, but just your overall writing process, like things that you're not planning on publishing, little notes to yourself and just things that just hit you a certain way and you have to get it down on either paper or your phone. Like how is that process for you? So usually what I'll do is when I go to Barnes and Noble, which is way too frequent, um, I'll bring I'll bring a post-it note stack. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I'm reading, I'll go through the pages and I'll stick it. And then I'll usually under, like put it right underneath the point that I'm, you know, kind of jumping off of. Yeah. And then I'll I'll make a note of like my own uh, my own poem that I'll kind of do right there in the minute. Um, and then I'll just kind of collect them at the end, stack them up and bring them home and then put them in, <laughs> into another notebook. It's like, it's very weird. I don't know why I do that, but there's just something about not bringing like a big notebook with me. Mm -hmm. And I just like kind of having the post-its. It's like a little weird thing that I have. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has their process. Though. Yeah. I, respect that. <laughs> I feel like I it's do. also less stressful because sometimes when you have a whole notebook, you're like, I got to fill this thing. Yeah. Like I've got to write. And like yeah. with the note, the sticky notes, it's just like. Oh, well, just a little piece of paper. It's yeah, easy. yeah. It's so aesthetically pleasing. It's just beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I love that. Um, do you uh, do you feel inspired like to write or do you have to do you find yourself sometimes like forcing yourself to sit down? You're like, I feel like I haven't written anything in like four days. Like maybe I need to like actually write something concrete because I know at least in terms of myself being an artist, sometimes I'll sit around and I'll like 
I'll want to do something artistic and then two days will pass and I'm like, I need to do something. Like I need to write something immediately or I need to go film something or I need to write a script. So like in terms of just how do you feel about your process and is it something where you have to deal with inspiration constantly or do you have to force yourself to write sometimes? Um, I wouldn't say that I force it, no. Um, but I do definitely agree with you, though. Sometimes you just kind of get the itch, like you want to be creating, but nothing's really coming to you. Um, and I would suggest that you, like for me, for, for writers, mm -hmm. you have to read a lot. And the more that you read, it just, it comes to you so like fluidly. Mm -hmm. So for you, you know, with film and creating, maybe like YouTube videos, like, you know, the more yeah, you, yeah. the more you watch and more movies, you movies you see and things like that, it, it will just come to you. Yeah, sure. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You get like visually inspired and stuff like that. Yeah. So like you get inspired by reading a certain work or something like that. And it really, really works. It really does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Honestly, sometimes I'll just sit there and I'm just like, Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you read like a page and you're like, okay, I gotta go right now. Yeah, it's really strange. It really is. And I feel like you can write a lot just based on, you know, that one page that you've mm -hmm. read. You know what I mean? It's kind of like prompts. Yeah. You know, it's the same concept. No, I get that. Because like, I mean, we've probably come out of movies all the time and you've been like, oh my God, like I want to make a movie like that. Or like, mm. oh my gosh, like that performance was absolutely incredible. Like one day I would love to like be on a set just to see how that gets done yeah so i get it it's like just being inspired by other work yeah and even sometimes too when you're watching a movie like we were talking about the marvel movies and how serious they have gone but um <laughs> i'll come out of the movie and i'll talk to my husband and i'll say well this is what i would have done and he's like you should just write movies <laughs> but i feel like that would work for you you know what i mean like you come out of a movie and you kind of like nitpick just a little you got to be a little critical you know Always. and if Always. you have your own spin that could kind of like take off in another idea sometimes you know? it's hard too when i feel like we leave movies we were talking about this before uh with like barbie and oppenheimer and stuff like this but there are certain situations where you want to say that a movie's perfect, but you feel that if you say it, it's out there in the universe and you can never take it back. Mm -hmm. Like, you're like, I have an opinion, but like, I just said this movie's perfect, so I can't have any flaws with it. But yeah. like, I feel like there's flaws in almost everything, right? Absolutely. So there's always ways you can be better and pick things apart. Um, except the Barbie movie. Except for Barbie. Which is a different episode, but the Barbie movie was perfect. Yes. <laughs> Moving on. As it should be, because Barbie is perfect. Barbie is, is the queen of everything, obviously. Um, so this is a book that you self-published, correct? Yes. So did you know anything about self-publishing when you first did decide to do this or? No, no, not at all. I took a lot of research and there's so many different platforms too. With this uh, book, I just went through Amazon KDP. That's their system. Um, but for the revised and extended, I'm using Ingram Spark books. Um, and only because they, they just have a, a great platform. You know, you can sell anywhere. They have partnerships with a lot of different bookstores and that's my goal is to be in a bookstore one day mm. um so having that partnership is just a you know a great foot in the door you still have to do a lot of work you know to convince people to you know take your book in but um but yeah i i um sorry edit i don't i don't i lost my train of thought yeah, you're good <laughs> you're totally good i love that yeah. <laughs> so um we'll we'll, we'll yeah we, okay so we can figure that out for the we'll figure that out for self-publishing yeah, so I used Amazon KDP. Um, what was that like? Okay, so like, did you have to do a lot of research before signing up? Yeah. Or like, was it um, you kind of signed up and then just kind of saw where it took you and figured it out as you went along? I did do research and I watched, uh, you know, some YouTube videos on how other poets and mm -hmm. writers have done it. Um, so that was like a nice guide to just kind of intro me into it. There was a lot of things that were a little bit confusing, you know, like using their system because they have a book creator. Okay. So if you don't already have it, you know, kind of done in Word mm -hmm. or, or like a PDF or anything, you can build the book on oh, their okay. site and they have a template and all that. So it was a little bit of a process to learn, but it was at the end of the at the end of it all, it was pretty simple. Like it's overall pretty easy because I know yeah. nothing about self-publishing. So yeah. everything mm -hmm. is all new for me here. I gotcha. <laughs> YouTube is the university that everybody should be uh, <laughs> for everything, enrolled right? like in. We always go to YouTube. For, yeah. Whenever we have camera issues here, we go to YouTube. Yep. 100%. So, um, really quick before we go into more things with self-publishing that's just popping in my head and i'm curious because 
I remember when I used to be a teacher, I was talking to um, the woman who worked in the media center. This was like height of COVID. Mm -hmm. We were talking about the whole process of basically it's hard to create and inspire when you feel stressed, right? Like sometimes when you feel different emotions, like, like you're depressed or you're anxious, you could still either verbalize it. You could write it down or you could visually like explain to somebody or try to tell a story that way because of the way you feel right. Stress is something that, uh, me personally, at least like sometimes I just like shut down it's hard Mm -hmm. to like inspire students that way. When I was a teacher for you, is poetry something that actually helps the stress? Or would you say that in terms of that art form, it's similar where when you're in a stressful mood, you're like, I really can't be um, artistic with my thoughts and write it down in, in poetry. It's actually the opposite for me. Okay. So um, any type of emotion is uh, very much inspiring and helps me write better. 100%. And when I'm, you know, kind of visualizing from what other people go through, it's the same thing. You know, I can kind of put words to those emotions and kind of get it down. So it definitely helps um, a lot. Interesting. Yeah. I'm so the opposite. Stress just, <laughs> yeah, stress just like shuts me down. I don't know why. But like, it's like, I don't know, the motive, the motivating factor of wanting to create something Got can it. usually get me past it. But yeah, I think with poetry, because it is just so expressive and majority of poetry can be a little bit, you know, sorrowful and woe is me you know i kind of i kind of do i have gotten that comment um on my instagram and social media platforms that uh you know why do you always talk about negative you know things people really comment yeah i have had those comments which is absolutely fine they are not wrong they are absolutely right um but a lot of the time poetry is kind of it comes from you know like you being kind of dug in the dirt and yeah. like you're blossoming into something new and it's kind of like that release. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the time poetry is a little bit, you know, negative and gloomy because that person is kind of trying to come out of that, you know, deep emotion. And uh, so that's, yeah, it's just kind of how it goes most I think, of the time. I think that's so interesting because I feel like poetry, at least in my experience with, with your book in particular, like it's a filter for your thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm able to take something that you have written and again, it's like verbalizing something that I'm thinking, like you kind of talked about and being able to put it in words that I was not able to say. Right. So I think it's interesting that people take so much of what you're posting and talking about it as a negative when like, I don't know, feel like that's, they have their own personal problems. I know. Well, I feel like because where you are at sometimes in poetry, I feel like it could flip positive or negative also each pro and it's almost like depending on where your personal head's at for that day. Is it like, are you going to read it as like, oh, the flower like blooming? And you're like, is that a good thing? Or is like, oh, did they come out of like a dark time, that flower? And How like, long did it take yeah, to how bloom? How long did it take to bloom? <laughs> <though>? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's just kind of how it has been. Not really intentional, but I... I do find myself having a harder time writing about more positive things. It just, I guess, naturally like that emotion or that like evolution has always kind of come from, you know, this was rough. Mm -hmm. I'm here now, but this was rough. And I know a lot of people out there are going through those rough times, especially right now. We're hearing a lot about that now. So, you know, if I can kind of put it out there that you're not the only one that's going through this and people have survived and made it, then that's kind of like the message that I want to, you know, represent and spread. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Um, I do. So talking about kind of stress, do you, because I feel like there's two parts of poetry and it's like, and writing, not just poetry, the initial writing, starting to do everything, and then the editing. You do your own editing, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I-, <laughs> I probably should get a professional. <laughs> does the editing bring you on stress? Um, it does because a lot of the time I'll start off with, you know, okay, I want to I want to separate these, you know, two parts of the poem and Mm -hmm. I want to keep that consistent or I want to add a line at the end whenever I have a thought and I, but I want to put it in this type of font so the reader recognizes that, you know, when you're reading it in this font, it's a thought Mm -hmm. versus, you know, me verbally saying something or vice versa. And a lot of the time I'll catch myself like, okay, I did it on the last 50 pages. Why did I (laughs) miss it here? Um, so yeah, it can, it can be really daunting and 
you know, take forever. It's just so tedious it's, too. Yeah, it's very tedious, even though it is like very creative and, and unique and you have your own expression, you can really write it out however you want. Mm-hmm. Um, remembering that you want things in certain places okay. over like a 200 page book is sometimes, you know, it gets to be a lot for sure. Yeah. Would you yeah. say your editing is, do you do multiple rounds of editing or do yeah. you, okay. How yeah. many would you say, like for the first book, how many would you say you did? Uh, for the first book, I would say I probably only did maybe around five to ten. That's, <laughs> that's um, a lot. That's yeah, lot. It's, it's really not. I, I, um, feel, I feel like it, as someone, going back to what you were saying before, like you felt impulsive releasing this book, I feel like editing would be the thing that would piss you off the most. Like so, you want to just be like, no, like I already went over this three times. I don't want to go over it a fourth. And yeah. then you get to the fourth time. And you're like, I know I have to go over it the fifth, but like, I really don't want to go over it a fifth time. Yeah. The first, when I first released it, I wanted to add to it and add to it and add mm. to it because as I was, you know, just getting the story together and I was reading a lot, I was like, Oh, this is great. I have to add it in. I have to add it in. And then you already have your flow. So you're like, oh, well, where do I move this to and put this instead? And, you know, it was a little bit crazy in that respect. But um, five to ten times, I would say. Was the first one. The mm-hmm. new one, yeah. though, <laughs> it's uh, about 70 pages longer than the original. Wow. And it has uh, a lot of illustrations. Um and a lot of the poems that were originally in it, mm-hmm. I added to them. Yeah. Um, so I'd say that I've gone over it. I can't even count, to be honest. Wow. Yeah. It's uploaded and it's in there and I'm still going over and you're it. you're still tweaking it. Yeah. yeah. Do you try to do it, though, where you're like, okay, this editing session, like, I'm only going to focus on the illustrations versus like, okay, I'm going to focus on like the punctuations and yeah. then like verbiage. Yeah, that's that's exactly the process, literally, okay. yeah. But it has been a little bit tough because as you're going through it and you're placing things, you'll notice other things. Mm. So you kind of get caught up. Fix it really quickly. Yeah, yeah. I'm a mess. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. First of all, all artists are messes. Yeah, no artist is normal. Chaos. Every artist has their thing. But yeah. I'm curious on like the day-to-day for you. So like on a good day, like how many poems would you write in a day, do you think? Um, Really, honestly, uh, not many. Um. I'd say on the high end, like four or five. Okay. And then you go through that whole process. Like you're not the type of person that would be like, all right, I know that these four are definitely going to be a part of something. Let me go back and now edit those before I go to the next one. Like you're more write the baseline of the poetry first and then going back and doing like the editing, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So like your day to day, what would you say in terms of this whole process, at least in terms of the first book, how was that for you? Um, So, And or at least even the new books that you're working on now. So the day-to-day really looks like, you know, reading, listening to things, trying to get, you know, that idea of what exactly I want to express. Um, for example, I, I already had this story, right? But I knew that I wanted, sorry, I knew that I wanted <laughs> to add to it in different areas um, because I wanted to tell a little bit more of, the, you know, the beginning, you know, the endearment part. I had a lot of the infatuation and a lot of the disdain. Um, but I really wanted to add more of that softness, which was a little bit complicated for me. Yeah. So I had this storyline and I said, all right, well, if I have to go back and I have to add, I'm going to have to listen to a couple of things and <laughs> read a couple of things and try to get that inspiration. So the day would look like, you know, reading and connecting and, you know, relating and then giving my perspective, then reading through uh, the first chapter and seeing where it fits. And if it doesn't fit at all, uh, finding where I want it to live, you know? Mm -hmm. So if I have uh, this idea of like, you know, okay, you know, we're the poem before is based around dancing. Uh, After that, if I want to add it in, I kind of have to tie in that dance Mm -hmm. theme or something that involves dancing for it to make sense and to have a place. Um, in that chapter so that's kind of what that would look like yeah and a lot of the time it it takes longer than that day you know because I'll come up with something but it doesn't really fit there the way that I want it to and I'll have to read more and listen more and kind of figure out like that expression really Mm -hmm. so that's the best way that I can kind of 
explain yeah, it. Yeah, no, thank you. And then you approach, I mean, you approach things differently on different days too, right? In different yeah. moods. So that's always a process. Yeah. In terms of doing all that. Do you want to transition? Do you want to start talking about the second book that you're working on? Yeah. So the second book that I have already kind of added in, I have all my pages down, but they're, again, they're a little bit uh, all over the place, but it's called uh, Your Given Garden. And uh, it's just literally another fancy way to say um, this is, you know, the world, the family, the life that you were born into. So you are given garden. Um, so it's based on, uh, you know, your experience in the world, your experience with your family, your siblings, mm -hmm. your friends, um, and kind of figuring out your place in all of that, you know, whether you're having good experiences, where you're having bad experiences, trouble connecting, um, finding out that people who are supposed to be a certain person in your life are really not who you think that they are. Mm. And people that you, you know, had no idea were, you know, really there for you. You kind of develop that relationship and create that bond. Yeah. Um, and the biggest theme about it is, um, and the first poem that I wrote, and when I decided to write that book and give it that name was, um, you don't have to grow where someone left you covered in dirt. So I wrote that poem and I said, you know what, I'm going to write a poem about, you know, you being literally placed here and you're expected, you know, to grow in mm -hmm. this. And, you know, somebody was just like, here, this is, this is what you got and you got to work with it, you know? So whether that's, you know, just your place in society or your family or your friends or however you want to interpret it. Um, that was, that's the basis of that book and I'm still working on it and it was 200 pages, but right now it's looking like I'm going to take some of it out. Cause it's, it's a little wonky. I kind of, again, I did it right after I did the first, uh, before I decided to revise the first. And I said, you know, I really have to get my bearings and create an actual narrative and make this make sense. So it's a it's a big work in progress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you, do you feel that your writing has changed in a way between the two different books or that like you kind of I'm assuming you feel like you've grown too as a writer. Mm -hmm. um, do you feel like that's a little like nerve wracking, though, like watching yourself grow and be like. Like, is this, I feel like sometimes a second book is a little bit nerve wracking because you're like, okay, I just want it to be a little bit better than the first. Mm -hmm. um, so you put that pressure on yourself. Do you feel that at all? Or you feel more just like comfortable? I do feel it a little bit, okay. to be honest, um, mostly because with this revised version of the first, I really wanted to, you know, develop my skills as a writer. Yeah. And it was important to me that I kind of, figured out how to make it a story um, because writing a novel and writing poetry is two very different things. Mm -hmm. um, and the people that can write a novel, I applaud you. You are absolutely fantastic. <laughs> and I couldn't even dream, but um, you know, I, I did in a way kind of want to get to that level a little bit. Um, just like with writing a song, it's really tough. Yeah. It is really tough to express a point for like three minutes, <laughs> and, you know, and people are just like, all right, get over it. Like you're done, you know? So, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I kind of, and putting myself up to a little bit of a standard and mm -hmm. it's kind of been a little bit tough and like nerve wracking, but at the same time, I'm really proud um of where it is at this point and the level of writing has in my opinion transformed uh completely um and i think that you guys are gonna really enjoy uh the new version of it a lot more and kind of connect to it uh, okay. much better you know what i mean because mm -hmm. it, it does have that storyline and that conversation piece so you kind of know exactly where i was coming from uh when i wrote it instead yeah. of kind of trying to figure out oh i wonder what she meant by this mm, you know what okay. i mean okay and you kind of you see that relationship really start and you feel it and you understand where it started that was my biggest thing and sorry if i'm going on a little no, bit no, of a no. tangent please, please. my biggest thing was when i read the book over and over and over over three years um, I said, I have no idea where this began. All I know is that I absolutely hate this person, <laughs> whoever this is. And I, 
I really don't feel that endearment. Mm. And the the chapter is called endearment, but I don't feel that at all. I just feel like it just started off with just absolute chaos. And uh, it was really important for me to go back and figure out that part of the story. And that was the toughest thing for me was uh, figuring out that narrative. And from, you know, to your original question, sorry, um, I feel like I've transformed that and I've been able to to get that narrative and that story down. Yeah. So, you know, all the research and all the reading has has really helped. Mm -hmm. Well, it's hard doing full story, too, because you also don't want to sound almost like repetitive in a way, too. Um, so it's hard because I feel like you want to have a large enough story kind of arching theme so that you can have those mini points underneath it. Um, but then you also don't want to have like too broad of a topic where you're just like, (laughs) like taking, I don't even know, just talking about the world, like in general. And it's like, okay, what about the world? (laughs) Yeah, it's really tough. It's, it's, you know, I want, I want to say it's easier than writing a novel, because, you know, you have that focus and you have that, you know, these are my characters, this is a story. Mm-hmm. I just have mm-hmm. to really describe it to you. Yeah. And that's the tough part about novels is that you have to be very descriptive. Yeah. yeah. And doing that is absolutely insane. Again, credit to, to <laughs> credit people that to write novelists. novels. <laughs> I, I love how with, with this, um, the first book that you wrote, though, it's focusing on such a big part of the equation of life, which is like love. And again, you're talking about excuse me, how you felt that there were parts of it that were missing and in the new revised version, you're going to go from there. But the second book you're writing, it seems like you're relating it again to like life as a whole, right? And where you're at. And I don't know, can't wait to read it. I don't know what the end of the book is going to be like, but it. do you think it's going to be a trajectory or in your brain in terms of the way you formulated that first poem? Is it going to be something where it's basing off of the foundation of what your life is, the dirt in my interpretation of what you were saying? to like what you're going to blossom into in that garden being like when you feel that you've made it in life. And there's always ways we can interpret that, right? Like making it can be something financial, making it can be something that is love is making it for some people. You know what I mean? So in terms of just the overall vision for that and going from this book, transitioning to that, do you feel that it was like you went from like a slice of life to the whole pie, so to speak? Yeah, I would definitely agree with that, actually. That's a really great way to put it. Thank you. (laughs) I'm going to put that in my book. (laughs) Um, Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. It carries a lot of the same thing, themes, you know, finding yourself, even in this love story, it's really about, you know, figuring out yourself and kind of eliminating that dependency. And that's kind of the point that I wanted to make very clear was that it wasn't about, you know, a relationship and depending on someone it's really about you coming into your own and realizing that you have love in you mm-hmm. and you don't need to search for it anywhere else yeah and that's the same thing in the second book is um though you're kind of brought into whatever situation you're brought into you have enough within you to make your life whatever you want it to be and yourself whatever you want it to be you know society generational curses none of that really should be a huge factor it's going to play a role on who you are and how you Mm -hmm. see things but if you want to be you know the hero or if you want to be the villain that's up to you Mm -hmm. you know so that's really just where i'm coming from with both of these stories Mm -hmm. even though one's a relationship and one's about you know your home and your life or your friends or whatever it's really just about becoming you so preach girl love that I, love I, I, I just I, I, don't know so, I can't wait I can't wait to read this book um chills is there, is there anything else you wanted to add about the second book um I don't think I have any other questions unless Michael do you have any questions that you want to throw at Vic um I mean I didn't have a mic but I have so much to say <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting over here so inspired by oh my god um I love the idea I love Chinese yeah that pull one, out the mic pull out the mic that one is so good Hey, hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm here. Um, yes, no. Um, I just love the theme of both books. Um, but in like, I'm really big and into perspective, and I just feel like that's like something that isn't talked talked about enough. Just because everyone has their own perspective of everything, and mm-hmm. like, if you can take one thing, one generic sort of thing, but have everyone be able to now like see it in their own perspective, and then. I don't know. Basically, basically, what I'm trying to say is that I feel like you have taken a theme that 
can be interpreted, can be read through in so many different ways. And it just like speaks to perspective and the, the growing from dirt like that. That's what really sold me. I was like, oh my gosh, like that's like to be able to read that and like you could be talking completely from your own perspective and to be able to see that and like know like, okay, like I can still kind of relate to that or I can form my own perspective or I could put that in my own shoes from my own upbringing. It's just so real. It's really real. And so, I mean, I, it's not really a question. I just needed to kind of like <laughs> say that. I'm yeah. sorry. But it's, so, it's really good. <laughs> Thank but, you. But even also like um, in the sense of just, you know, our, ourselves, because, you know, like we all have mentioned how we're all creatives and, you know, you brought up some really, really good points as far as where you need to do, because I myself have been, I'm a songwriter. So I've been struggling with songwriting for a little bit and I'm realizing, yo, dang, like I need to be reading. You need to read poetry. Need, yeah, right. <laughs> so again, not not any questions, but just I you know, what you're doing is really powerful. And Thank it's, it's you. bigger than I don't know what you realize. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And honestly, that's why I started writing and that's why I do write is just reactions like that and knowing that I'm not alone. And if I can make somebody else feel not alone, happy, sad topics in the middle, anything is beautiful. So thank you. Thank you so much. So I want to talk to you about some specific entries. So the the part of the book that I related to the most was, and that's ironic because you were talking about how you felt there was a lot in the infatuation section. Because um, I don't know, I always view myself as I just love all people, right? And I feel very, luckily, I feel in tune with people a lot. Like I'm able to interpret certain things that they're feeling based on like anything, right? So these were some of the things that I picked out that I was like, oh, these were things I really related to and I felt I maybe interpreted the right way. And I'm very curious whether one I did or if I didn't, I would love to know your interpretation of when you wrote these specific poems. I gotcha. Okay, all right. So the first one, this is this is my first time reading poetry. So say yes. how I do. I did create some sort of breaks like the book intended. So hopefully this is good. It says, I'll meet him anywhere. At moonlight, our memories are vivid in darkness. We danced around time until it tired and left us, shimmering until sunrise. What a burden to bear the memory that lingers. I dread the absence of you in daylight. So I interpreted that as, again, going back to what you were saying earlier on in the interview, so much of the relationships you start to form with people are created at night, right? And again, the vividness and darkness, I feel like you get the realist version of people in those moments. And then you dread the absence of who they really are when you're trying to have a conversation with them at a different part because it seems like daylight is different entirely. Different version of them. Wow. That was fantastic. And actually not how it was intended. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I love it. But that was a really great perspective. Thank you. I really love that. And it makes absolute sense. It can definitely be read that way. Um, for me, it was literally as it's said, you know, um, I will literally meet this person anywhere, you know, under the stars, you know, under moonlight, um, you're dancing around time until it tires and leaves you. And it's really just, you know, you're kind of having this relationship without really getting to know much. You're just really having a good time, you know, at night you're going out, you're experiencing things. And then eventually like that, those moments pass um, and you dread the absence of that person in daylight because, you know, really during the day, they're not really around. And that's part of what I explain more in the next version of the book is I kind of had to develop that, that part of it a little bit more and kind of like that deception of that person is only really coming around at night. And what's the reason for that? Oh, okay. um, so that is what that. Uh, yeah, yeah. That is what that it's like a meant. Weird deceptive sort of. Yeah, it tone had a it. it had a deceptive tone, absolutely. But I really love your perspective. Thanks. Actually, that makes complete sense. That's better. I like that better. <laughs> um, all right. So the second one I have. I hope you find the version of you that you love most. Maybe then you will hold on to yourself. I think this is more direct and obvious. But again, you talked about how at the end of the book, it's more about finding the love within yourself. But in this circumstance, I feel like, again, you're talking to someone else and you're, you understand that um, you love them for who they are, but there's a semblance of them that doesn't love themselves and they're giving so much of themselves to other people or you maybe in this circumstance or whoever the uh, subject of, of the poem is. Um, and then 
you think that once they're able to love themselves, they'll be able to fully hold on to that and give it out in abundance. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in the, that one is correct. That was perfect. In the revised version of that book, I changed that poem slightly. I well, added to it. Well, now I need to, to print it. this one out and put it on my wall because <laughs> it's one of my favorites. I added to it. Um, and actually, uh, I can find it for you really quickly and read it to you because I, I have the beginning of it, but I want to read it to you correctly. Okay. So if Absolutely. you special? give me I don't one know, second. I don't know if I'll be able to like fully interpret. Like I need to like read it in front of me. So, ah, but I want to okay. hear, I do want to hear the new version of it. Okay. I might not be able to interpret it fully based on what you uh, say though. See, I'm like one of those other, I'm not a reader. Like I I'm got similar you. to your you husband. Usual, like, oh books. my God. And I have so many books just sitting in my room where I like read really? like the first 20 pages and I'll be like, I'll get back to this. And then I'll start a new book. Oh my God. Yeah, it's bad. That's, it's that's really bad. chaos I know me. it is. No, it I'm, is really bad. I'm the opposite. I do read a lot actually, but I'm the type that like I'll read a book and I'm 20 pages in and I'm like, I hate this so much, but I'm going to finish it just so I can say that I read this book. My God. <laughs> I'm literally, literally there's times where like I'm reading a book and Tyler's like, oh, how is it? And I'm like, it sucks, but I'm going to do it. That's how I am with movies though. <laughs> like I'll, I'll sit and watch a movie, like no matter how bad it is, just because I'm like, I can't like, there's only one movie ever I've seen in a movie theater and I've walked out ever in my really? life. Really? Because, yep. okay. Do you hope low key that like maybe the ending saves the whole thing? No. Cause I, I think you just have to give something like a fair shake mm. too at the same time. I don't know. It's weird. I think, every, but every art form is different in that sense right like even with music like sometimes i'll listen to an album once and i won't love it but then i'll give myself a little bit of time oh, and i'm like yeah. maybe i should listen to it again and see if i if i interpret it a different way you know i mean yeah. that's that's another thing that again similar to maybe poetry but like if you approach it from it like it depends on what emotion you're mm -hmm. going through and how you feel about something like I, again when i'm sad sometimes i want to listen to john mayer but when i'm happy sometimes <laughs> i want to listen to john mayer like it depends you know oh, so <laughs> I don't know. But anyway. Let's go back to Vic Let's now. hear this. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Um, I asked my... Oh, sorry, let me start over. Okay. Edit that. Um, I asked my soul not to... Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> You're so good. It's okay. I asked my soul not to give up on me as she strained to pick up the pieces you ripped out of me today. She said to me, I won't beg you. I won't plead. I just hope the ver you find the version of you that you love most. Maybe then you will hold on to yourself and leave him to bleed. Whoa. Wow. So it's definitely, it's more, <laughs> it hits you harder. It, yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's more personal mm -hmm. in that, in that sense yeah. from the revised version, I feel like. And there's a very big, you know, build up to it. And that storyline kind of carries into that. And it's like, you know, this inner part of me is asking me, you know, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. You know, like you're consistently giving and giving and, you know, you're, you're not really holding onto yourself at all. You're just kind of emulating and becoming this person. And you really need to step away from that and leave that person, you yeah. know what I mean? To their own like demise, you know, instead of kind of creating that for yourself. So yeah. stop giving up so much of yourself or somebody else. Yeah. Let them figure out who they are. And 100%. You'll be able to get yourself back. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Cool. I love it. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> all right. I have two more. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> I, I love this. This one I also think could go in your new book based on what I heard okay. earlier. I fell for you and I haven't gotten up since. I've been here fooling around in a bed of weeds disguised as bedded flowers. Mm -hmm. So this is like, to me, the pure definition of like toxicity. And just like, again, like laying in, again, like to, there's some semblance of something growing always that can be beautiful, right? But again, we, we look at weeds and we're like, we have to pick weeds. Like you have in the literal sense um but them being disguised as the bedded flowers it's like you have like for the term people use all the time like rose colored glasses mm -hmm. right like that is what the bedded flowers are basically displaying here in this poem i would interpret instead of weeds or 100 yeah it's just wow, that two for two yeah <laughs> or no well technically the first one you had a good I got two for two, and then I got I like that version better than mine. Wow! So, <laughs> yes, that perspective right was awesome. Um, no, you're absolutely right. That's just 100 what it is. It's kind of like that veil. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you have that veil kind of 
you know, placed over your eyes and you think that it's something, you think that you're rolling around in just this beautiful situation, but it really is just a pile of weeds. Interesting. Yeah. And I have another one actually too, cause you brought up weeds. It's a, uh, I am a flower. Some see a weed. Misery loves company. I love that. Producer oh Michael's taken aback. Oh my god! <laughs> and that one's in your given garden, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. That one needs to be a shirt, Vic. Seriously, one hundred percent. Oh my god! That's so good. That is awesome. Yeah, because <laughs> you know you have an idea of you, and other people have an idea of you, and it's really mm-hmm. just because they're kind of seeing a part of themselves in you and they have to make it as nasty as they can. You know what I mean? They got to pick out those, those little things or those reactions, which are validated and you have to react that way, Mm -hmm. but you know, they want to say whatever they want to say. So that's kind of where that came from. I love that. (laughs) Thank you. All right. So this is the, this is my favorite one. Saved it for last. Um, He made me forget the sound of my voice. I only know the sound of this pen against textured paper and of course they're all his words so it's when you embed yourself in a situation that can be anything right and again i feel like what we're talking about it's more in the um realm of love but if you put yourself in a situation where you know it's not good and you keep hearing something that's so negative or so the opposite of what you want to hear you lose so much of yourself that you're not able to find it again until like again you only know like I love the I only know the sound of this pen against textured paper because you're not able to even formulate your own thoughts anymore unless you're able to put it on a page and then even that is somewhat complicated because what you're writing down is his words. So yeah, that's a that that one's great. Uh, it's a little bit different only because you know you're kind of losing yourself again. So it's kind of like that repetitive kind of thought. You know, you've forgotten what your own ideas and your own concepts and thoughts and voice actually sounds like. And, you know, you're putting down this emotion and this feeling and it's all coming from what that person has been admitting to you. You know, so like that chaos and like that hurt or that joy and that, you know, that beauty, you know, whatever you're putting down, it's really because it's coming from that feeling that you're getting from that other person. Um, So that's really where they're all his words. It's not literal. It's just more so this is all coming from you and I want it to stop, you know? Got it. I don't want this to be about you anymore. You know what I mean? And I I want my voice back. Yeah. But without saying all of that, it's just kind of like the, and and that's the point of, I wanted to to add to a lot of these because they were way too vague to what I was actually trying Mm -hmm. to express. Because in a way, this one could be taken in a way that like you're such an, so infatuated with someone and like you kind of love the infatuation of being like everything's about him and like I'm okay with that because I want like this love that I have to just like take over. Yes, and that's another great perspective and it could be read either of mm-hmm. the three ways. Um and that actually ties into one of my favorite poems from the book is um He could light me on fire with all intention of watching me burn and still his presence feels better than my solitude. So it's like this person is literally setting me on fire and I'm burning in front of them and I still just cannot be without them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's it's kind of like that tug Mm -hmm. of like, I really hate you, but I'm just so conditioned Mm -hmm. to, you know, stay, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's heavy. That is awesome. Thank you so much for telling me what, what your favorites exercise. were. I love it. I love yeah. it. So is that your, that you would say that's your favorite poem from the first book? Or do you have like a few other ones? Um, another one of mine is uh, the sight of you holding a cigarette burns a fire inside of me. You don't hold me that way. Like my presence is a habit you never want to break, even if it kills you slowly. 
So it's literally That's just smoking is bad for you. And, face. and it will absolutely, you know, damage your health. <laughs> so I, that's why I was like, okay, it's a bad habit. It will kill you slowly. And I kind of just manipulated that to just sound as metaphorical as I could, you know. Like, do you ever feel like just really proud of yourself? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. And I would. And I never, honestly, I've never been able to really feel that because, again, of like my fear with performing and my love for like the arts, it's just been really complicated for me to express myself with that and I'm working on it and I'll hopefully get there um but this has been like an avenue that I'm just for some reason able to like to go down and to really do and flourish so it's as I'm sitting there and I'm reading these things I'm just like oh wow that's amazing (laughs) this is is great this is is what I'm doing and what I'm meant to be doing yeah so so awesome I love it I do too so we wanted to thank, uh, we had such an amazing time talking to Victoria and uh, make sure you guys go and purchase We Meet at Moonlight, which you can get on uh, Amazon Prime. Where else can you get it? Uh, just Amazon as of right now. But once I publish with Ingram Spark, uh, you can get it anywhere. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so once again, we wanted to just thank Victoria for being here. We hope you guys enjoyed the discussion and the conversation and the uh, amazing emotional exercise that we just went yeah. through. Um, so again, just signing off, I am Darian Scalamoni. I am Liz Sago. And I'm Victoria Pugliruso. Thank you guys so much for having me. Of and course. you should all go follow Vic right now and go buy some of her merchandise. She has t-shirts with some pros on it. It's amazing. Link in my bio at We Meet at Moonlight. Awesome. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next time.